Welcome to the Rizan Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 82. I'm Joel Payne. I'm Sam Hargreaves. And this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. In this episode, we'll be reflecting on June's Ebenezer Songs Challenge with Rachel Wilhelm, hearing from Paul Zark and setting a new challenge for July. Hey, hey. Hey, how are you? I'm all right, thanks. We should probably say we are recording a few days early because I've got a super busy end of the month so we're recording this before the songwriting retreat it all might fall apart in the next few days um, but assuming it doesn't <laughs> we're anticipating the end of the month and we had a wonderful retreat uh, with many Yay. a good song and so on um yeah but anyway that with with that out of the way let's let's pretend it's the end of the month um how's this month been for you sam what have you been up to it's been all right, yeah. Uh, we've been recording, so London School of Theology are doing a uh, sort of summer conference on um, with the theme of kind of eco-theology. <gasps> uh, yeah, I know. So they asked us to, to lead uh, some worship at the beginning, which in these weird times means pre-recording yeah. three slots of 12 minutes. Um, but it was fun because we got to use lots of doxicology songs and other kind of... Uh, eco-related songs and did it with Timo and Gemma, our new, our new colleagues, and we actually were physically in the same room playing music together, so Aww. that was fun. When, so you, just... when you say other eco-related songs, I mean, what what <laughs> other ones are there? What do, what, what do you mean? Um, I, I believe there are a few, yes. <laughs> okay. we, did, uh, we did a bit of, tried to vary it, a um, few hymns and things. Uh, but no, it was really good fun. And so if people, people will still be able to, it's the 6th to the 8th, of uh, July, so hopefully when people get this, if they want to, you know, join uh, in online with with the conference, um, there's speakers from Arosha and all sorts of great places. So, um, you know, and, and we'll be doing the first twelve minutes of each day. So. Oh, brilliant! Years and years ago, Sam, I went to an LST summer conferency thing. I think it was a summer yeah. school, and well, it basically kickstarted my whole career, more, more or less, awesome. in, in in what we do with Resound and so on, because. I met David Peacock and he then invited Yay. me to a songwriter's thing and then I met you and then um, we did Resound and now all this stuff happens. Wow. Well, it, people go to LST summer events because they will change your life. They will actually change your life. Cool. Uh, how about you, Joel? What have you been up to? Well, I've been putting finishing touches to our Doxicology tour, whoop, whoop. Um, which I, I probably ought to finally pin down the venues. I need to do that very shortly, but... We're going to do 10 concerts across tw- across 11 days, which is super exciting. Um, a bit of a tour of the country. Hopefully finishing up in Glasgow. We're just pinning down the details there. We are going to partner with our Russia on it as well, Yay. which I'm, I'm so excited about. So we're going to try and provide speakers and resources and things, and it's going to be really wonderful. Um, I've been getting everything ready for the songwriting retreat, which is going to be you know under certain COVID restrictions, but we... Um, we'll do it legally and joyfully, and um, everybody is very looking forward to coming. I think you know we've all been at home for eighteen months, and I think yeah. we're sort of looking forward to getting there. So that's really good. But also um, prepping for next year's songwriting retreat, where we're going to go a little bit bigger and a little bit better, if it could <laughs> be better. So um, it's going to be from the twenty sixth to the thirtieth of June next year. Ooh. Um, 
rumour has it, Rachel Wilhelm is going to come <gasps> in the flesh and help Wowzers. read it. Um, this is pending a conversation that we're having after this recording, so if she's not, <laughs> I'll cut this out. Um, Jeremy Begby is going to come and speak um, for us and do a couple of sessions, which is really exciting. And yeah. um, hopefully all kinds of other people are going to come. So this is going to be fantastic. Get it in your diaries. More details coming um, before too long. I just got a little Ooh. WhatsApp message from my wife saying, why has a spa just been delivered? <laughs> um, a spa corner shop or a... No, 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 like a, a you know, a, I don't know. <laughs> not not a, a day corner spa. shop. Day spa, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Quite mysterious. Um, oh, well, I'll find out in a bit, I suppose. Maybe I ordered the wrong thing. I do that sometimes. I get bored sometimes. <laughs> if I'm watching telly late at night, I just go on my phone and order things. Oh, no, that's really dangerous. <laughs> it is. What's the worst thing you've ever ordered? It's usually clothes, actually. I, I sort yeah. of get a little bit bored and I go on, on somewhere and just order a few clothes, get them sent, try them on, send them back. <laughs> it's rubbish, isn't it? It's a terrible. I know. Judge me. Everyone judge me. Um, we did... <laughs> Matt's computer recording workshop, which is cool, and um, that is now, if you go on, a, on the 12 Song Challenge website, that is now available to 12 Song yeah. Challenges, and we're we'll doing the second one on the 7th of July, which is a little bit, just going a teeny bit more advanced, starting to look at stuff to do with mixing and so on, Matt's going to work through a project with us, and I've also been working with Jubilate on their Hymns for Our Contemporary World project, and we've got 12 new hymns which uh, cover a range of themes. Really, really beautiful one on mental health, actually, that we um, we sang together at a trustees meeting last week. Oh, and it nice. felt, yeah, very powerful, very real. So I could be recording that. And then I'm, uh, you know, yeah, now I'm going to go on a holiday. Yeah, 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 yeah. 12 Wow, what a challenge this challenge has been, Sam. Yeah, yeah, I think... Um, I mean, I put a little thing on Facebook yesterday to try and work out, is this just been a poorly conceived or poorly explained challenge, which people were generous in mostly not thinking that that was the case. But I think most people were saying... Should we just hard. recap what it was, the challenge? Oh, yeah. Just yeah, to... sorry. Yeah, so we called it Ebenezer Songs in that sense of the story of the Ebenezer Stones when it's kind of, you know, make a marker in the Old Testament of what God has done during hard times. Uh, but it sort of sprung off a conversation on the Disrupting Worship podcast where Geraldine and Grace and um, Gemma were talking about, you know, are we going to just let this last year and a half kind of go by or are we going to actually reflect on it? Are we going to include it in our, our, even in our sung worship in the way that, you know, the the Israelites did through the Psalms and other things, ways of remembering their past and what God had done? Um, I mean, how did you get on, Joel? I haven't written anything yet. I, I, it's, been, it's been a real struggle um, mm. for several reasons. Although I actually hit on an idea just before we came to record. And I thought, ah, that's it. That's the song I need to write. Great. Um, but I found, it, I found it difficult because part of it was saying, you know, write something for your church community. And I thought... I don't feel very connected to my church community. Mm, this mm. basically that's part of it is actually I don't really yeah. I don't know what's been going on. I mean we yeah. keep in touch a bit, but I think that's been difficult and I don't know yet where God has been in it really. 
Mm. Um, the, th the thing that I've caught on to, though, is this idea of, of the importance of remembering. And so that's really what, where I'm going to try and go with the song. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I find it difficult every month when we set our <laughs> challenges. I don't, I don't know where, where to start. Um, and it's taken a while to find my way somewhere. Because I, th I think well, it just brings up a load of questions and things, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think somebody said, um, Leslie said on on Facebook, we found the challenge tricky as it feels like we're very much in the middle of the COVID experience as a church. Possibly would have been easier if we were further past it. And I think that was my main reflection is, I mean, I was reading a thing the other day, uh, Will van der Hart put on the Mind and Soul Foundation website about, you heard of the phases of collective trauma response. Oh yeah, I saw, I've talked about it all the time actually. <laughs> it's one of my favourites. <laughs> this idea that you have like the impact of the thing happening, then you have this heroic moment where everyone gets a kind of surge of adrenaline and goes, right, we're going to change the world, we're going to help, we're going to... Yep, yep. And then you have the disillusionment phase when you go, oh, did we really... Did it, what, what the heck's going on? And then you have the recovery phase and then you have the wise learning phase at the end. And his point was that basically we're cycling around the first three, the impact, the heroic and the disillusionment, and we're not... Because it's still going, yeah. we're not able to get to the recovery port. So, you know, as much as I, you know, I feel like I've so much during this pandemic wanted to be in the heroic place of like, come on, let's learn from this. And let's not be the same. And, you know, all of that. Actually, the reality is, no, we're all exhausted. We're all, you know, I mean, trauma is a strong word, but yeah. we are we are wrestling with our responses to this. And, and it's not over. Yeah. And therefore, you know, as as much as I do think, and lots of, you know, people have written very positive things on, on Facebook about how the challenge of it has been good and it's got them thinking. And But the, the reality is this, you know, this season is not over. And so how much we can truly reflect and, you know, get that kind of wise learning at the end, yeah. I'm not sure we're really there yet. I think that, the value of this challenge is that we will have to try and write something real. Mm. Uh, and so I, I, I totally accept, you know, it's, it's not over. Um, but a lot of water has gone under the bridge and we can mm. write about that water that has gone under the bridge. And mm. if we write about that now, we'll write a different song to what we would write in a year's time. Mm. And if we can get this song out of us, yeah, then we've got it to come back to in, in some ways it might not quite be the Ebenezer or maybe the Ebenezer was the was the wrong label almost to give it maybe we're not quite ready for the Ebenezer but we're <laughs> certainly ready to to be writing the story yeah um, you, you know when the the government you know they said should we have an inquiry no we should have an inquiry once we're through it and so on and yeah. you can debate that till you're blue in the face but actually it's a similar question for us isn't it when do we talk about the experience, yeah. the learning, yeah. and so on. In, in some ways, we can do it now. Um, in other ways, we will have to wait. I, I guess I, I want to say to 12 Song Challenges as well, when these things come out, f you know, find your version of the of yeah, the challenge. Exactly. If yeah. you think, I can't do that, or I don't like it, or what, there's always an angle you can take which, which yeah. makes it work, and that's all right. We don't mind that. Yeah. We just want you to write something. Absolutely. And what did you think about the smaller groups, my friend? I really enjoyed that because I found that much easier to 
have a list of people short you know defined list of people that I was you know I I was trying to as much as I could comment on all of those songs um and not feel this you know massive amount of songs that I all felt guilty about not not commenting on uh and yeah so I I found that really really helpful liked that I I think maybe it's a, a mixed experience for people yeah. uh, there was a bit of talk people saying oh it's a bit kind of tumbleweed not much going on you know normally you can check back in any time and there's a bunch of songs yeah. you can look at and if you've got a group where half the people wrote in the first few days then it's a hive of activity and if you've got a group i think my group is five songs maybe so sort of, you know getting quite late in the month and mm. and i haven't put one on yet so the, it's been interesting. It's been a different thing. So we could think about, um, you know, do we do we break down into slightly bigger groups or do something different? Or so I think we'll mix it around. So this coming month, I think we'll go back to the big group and we'll mm. um, we'll keep trying out the different dynamics of it. I am delighted to welcome Forum Auntie Rachel Wilhelm <laughs> to the podcast. Hey Rachel, great to see you. Hey. I'm so happy to be here. Just give us a quick uh, your your overall take on on this last month. Yeah, you know, huh, this last month has been personally super hard for me. Um, I I think it's kind of been hard for others as well, just because I think it's one of those topics that is um, is causing people to like kind of sit down and debrief the last year and a half, you know? And I've noticed a lot of the songwriters have been going to people in their churches and kind of interviewing them and kind of trying to uh, mine out from them, like their personal experiences of um, just being on lockdown. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's a re I know in, um, in the UK, it's kind of like an experience that's still kind of ongoing, Mm -hmm. Um, but in the States, (laughs) yeah, we have a little bit of that, but we have a lot of like, we're done. It's over, you know? Yeah. And so it's a little bit more like wild west out here, um, where we, we're kind of like, we're moving on now, you know? So, um, but I think, um, I think a lot of songwriters have just had to pause for a bit before they could, you know, even start writing because they they really want to collect all the information they can to really represent their church as well. Yeah. So um, I, that's kind of my impression. Um, I've been super frustrated. I have not written my song yet. Um, I've tried. I, I tried at the mini retreat. Um, it's been like trying to draw water from a stone. I And I have complained about this a couple of times in some of our leadership chat stuff. Like, it's because I kind of wrote a whole album, you know, as a monument to, (laughs) you know, like a requiem for COVID. Um, And then I also, it was one of our challenges during um, lockdown in 2020. And I can't remember which one it was, but I wrote a song called We're Restless. And it's kind of playing on the whole Augustine, um, Lord, you know, we're restless till we find our rest in you, that kind of thing. Um, and to me, it's like, I've already written my Ebenezer song and then I wrote my Ebenezer album. So I just, I've been like complaining that I have nothing left. And, um, anyway, 
You perhaps, um, I mean, if you've done the song and the album, it's time to do the musical, the Broadway musical, isn't it? Isn't that the next step? Don't get me started on musicals. I absolutely despise musicals, which is so funny. I, I love so many people that love musicals, and so I do know the fault is with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so in musical, music is actually really good. So maybe I will write a musical. Um, that, that might be a good thing for me to do. So I have seen you uh, all across the, uh, the Slack forum. Uh, ha- you, you've been in there quite a lot. Oh, man. Yeah, I've been digging around. So I started um, at the beginning of the month um, pretty hardcore because I, um, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm in charge this month. I, it's, it's my duty to, to listen and I, I really feel like I, I dive deep. Um, so I, I felt super accomplished because, like, with all of the different groups that we're in, I felt like I could manage it mm-hmm. pretty well. Um, and in the beginning, there weren't as many songs coming through for the reasons I mentioned before. And I felt like I was on top of it. And then I had a couple of, like, a week and a half of just being busy and I couldn't get to it. And then all of a sudden, there was this deluge of, of songs coming through, and I was like, "Oh no!" Uh, but the um, the 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 fact that it was being broken up into groups really um, continued to help because um, over the past week, I've been listening to all the songs. In fact, I've listened to every single song. Wow. So I know I'm so proud. I'm so proud. Um, but you know what? Having listened to every single song, mm. they're all so good. They're really all so good. I am so proud of us. Oh. I, and and what's so crazy is that we have so many talented people in mm. this group of songwriters. I I mean, what a blessing from the Lord. We got to pick a few so that we can play a few, and that's what we do. You know, we sort of yeah. we can't cover everyone. But what have you got for us? Um, the first one I wanted to mention was um, Nick Chambers' song "As We Gather Once More." Um, he's on Team Cowper. And, man, that song, um, it arrested me right away. Like, it had this, it has this folky quality. Um, I like to call it, like, maybe a Damien Rice meets Travis meets maybe a little, like, splash of Michael Buble. I don't know. There's something in his voice that's, like, that evokes this, you know, this buoyancy, but also... um, just a sort of a down homeness mm-hmm. that um, this familiarity, uh, but a unique quality as well. Um, and what I love about the song is that call in the in the chorus to Psalm um, one twenty six. Um, it's like he simply and naturally combines the experience of the pandemic with the ancient experience of the Psalms. Mm. We will reap what we in weeping sowed. You were with us when we did not know. And someone kind of was like, I wasn't at sure. I wasn't at first sure. Like what you meant by you were with us when we did not know. And, um, I think like, even though we got a little bit of grief about that at first, I think um, the person that had said something about that said, like, 
But I think when reflecting on the entire song, we realized we really didn't know. Like, once you get to that point in the song, um, and then by the end of it, you're like, oh, I get it. You know, he keeps, re he repeats that line. And, um, and that for me was, was my experience. It was like, we were kind of stepping into this unknown thing. You know, they say like a pandemic is, you know, a big pandemic, like what we had was like, oh man, only one in every hundred years or something like mm -hmm. that, every hundred years. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I feel like we were stepping into this unknown territory and he just really speaks into it. Um, he didn't really give a lot of like explanation as to how, like the background on the song itself, but I don't know if he needed to. Hmm. I mean, it, the, the song is gorgeous. Um, yeah. I just want to hear it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play it. stories we share we behold in the glass loving Lord your compassion and care now you hold us together both here and everywhere we were scattered and sheltered in places that fell far from home while our neighbors were crying for family and dying alone We searched for your mercy and hope that you heard all our groans We will reap what we in weeping sowed You were with us when one that I wanted to highlight was Travis Ham's In All These Things. He's on um, Team Laurie. And, you know, I seek him out. Like, I'll, I'll go and I'll look and, and see what he's, he's come up with for the month and listen to his song. Um, but this one is a little different from his usual um, fare. <laughs> it's simpler. Um, and I think this is kind of the theme for me is like, I think in the pandemic, we have been forced to simplify our lives. And so therefore, I just see that reflected in our songs this month. Like, they're simpler. Mm -hmm. And there's something really gorgeous about that. Like, it, um, it just seems authentic to me. Um, but Travis... Yeah, this, again, like, just like with Nick Chambers' song, like, the second it started, it really arrested me. Um, and uh, it has this, like, yearning quality to it. And it, I think if you notice, like, I, um, I assess songs based on, like, how they make me feel rather than, like, <laughs> all of this, like, theory quality stuff. Um, but I love that the song speaks to holding to God's promises even when nothing makes sense or when hardship happens. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that's so simplistic, but like it, it has, um, it, I feel like the song really packs a punch. Like 
um, just in the way that um, the verses are formed and the choruses. Um, it It's like one of those songs that you don't have to say a whole ton to um, identify with each other's suffering as you're singing it and be corporate about it. Um, so, um, yeah, there's that. And then, um, <laughs> this is kind of funny. Um, after having listened to it for the first time, I had commented that um, Travis better not change anything according to any of the comments anyone else makes. Otherwise, I would hunt him down. Okay. And since we're on the same continent anyway, you know, that that's a possibility, correct? But um, he had said later, we were just joking about it. He was like, you know, after he'd gotten some comments of feedback, constructive feedback, he was like, you know, I thought about um, making some changes and maybe I could change this line and, you know, cinch this up and make it better. But then, again, Rachel might hunt me down. So <laughs> we don't want that to happen. No, really. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I just love it. I, I would love to worship with that song in my own church. In the loneliness and pain When the silence pours like rain You are faithful Ever faithful When we're cut off from our own As we ache and long for home You are faithful Ever faithful In all these things you're proving Your love endures forever In all these things you're calling In all these things you're drawing us to you song I wanted to highlight is um, a song by Jill Harris. Um, it's, I think, tentatively titled, You Have Been My Song, You Have Been My Strength. That's a pretty long title, but um, it's, it's gorgeous. She's in Team Watts, um, and her song, she based it on her daily solitary walks um, in the commons. I don't know what that means, because I'm American, um, but... Um, but at the first lockdown, and she talks about um, her husband um, having to self-isolate when they were first on lockdown mm -hmm. um, from chemo. So he was undergoing chemotherapy, wow. and so she was really burdened and needed just, I think she just needed, you know, a place to just, like, decompress and spend time with the Lord. And she says, I'm going to quote her here, I would walk and pray and appreciate nature and feel a sense of peace despite everything. And so I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that just really spoke to me. Um, and after hearing her song, it, it made that much more of an impact on like what was being said, um, the beauty of her lyrics and the beauty of her melody. I mean, I really loved her melody. She has a like in her verse, she says, I've walked this road of life through changing years. And she mentions that in using that word, uh, that phrase, I've walked this road of life, she's really kind of echoing or referencing back to 
um, her solitary walks with the Lord during this time of pandemic. And um, through the sorrows and the joys and doubts and fears, in my disappointed hopes, despite, despite my tears, you have been my strength, you have been my song. I, I love that, that phrase, you have been my song. That really um, spoke to me because um, even though it's a bit ordinary, I feel like, like sometimes we can say, oh, you've been my song, like David says it all, all mm. over the place in scripture. Um, but, um, but in this song, it hit me differently. I, I personally experienced a burst of uh, prolific songwriting myself um, during the pandemic. Um, and You Have Been My Song really took a new meaning for me. I think a lot of us as songwriters, when we're forced to be confined and write, um, the Lord being our song means that much more. It's not some little flippant, ordinary phrase anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then my favorite line, last thing I want to talk about is, um, I'll put my hand in your nail-pierced hand. And that's in the chorus. Um, And I love this image of the hand of suffering identifying with Jill's hand of suffering. I just thought that was super powerful. I have I want to mention um, at length is Michael Winter's um, song. It's actually in Spanish and um, translated. Muy bien. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, translated. It's I think it's titled the same today. Um, and yeah, um, the song came to him while praying for a young man who was in a fragile state in hospital from, co- from COVID. Um, he was on a Zoom meeting with his church in Argentina. And as he, was, um, as he was muted and praying, that chorus jumped out um, just in his mind. And then he started singing it out loud. Um, he later finished the song that evening. So um, the following day, though, this is really cool. The following day, the young man re- recovered and, um, yeah, and then later has been um, out of the hospital. So even though it's written in Spanish, it's just so funny. Like, immediately when the song started playing, it's got this really beautiful light piano that reminds me of, um, <laughs> this is, I don't know if you're going to get this or not, um, but you know the band, The Smiths? Yeah. Have you ever heard... Any of their songs? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay, 
There's a song. So there's a song um, from their album. Don't tell me you like the Smiths. I, 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 I won't love believe the it. What? <laughs> I mean, come on. I know. They're they're yeah. so happy. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, so I love the Smiths. I'm a huge fan. And uh, yeah, they have this song from their album, The Queen is Dead. And if, if y'all like feel really nerdy, um, you can look it up. And it's called Asleep. And the lines are, sing me to sleep, sing me to sleep. Well, um, I think right away, if you listen to Michael Winner's uh, song, I don't think he's influenced at all by this. I just think it's, you know, the influence of beauty. Hmm. Um, it sounds very similar in a lot of ways. Like, it has a, a similar kind of vibe. Um, and it immediately took me to a place. Like, yeah, like high school, laying in bed, like candles, darkness, being totally like a 90s, like angsty teenager. Yeah. Um, but it, it didn't really like bring um, the angst. It brought like this beautiful comfort. Um, to me, like eating a, I don't know, like a big heaping bowl of warm mac and cheese. I don't know. <laughs> but it was, it was just, it, it, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous opening piano. And then he starts with this chorus that is really repetitive, but repetitive in a really good way where, um, you know, he, and then he moves into the verse and then the chorus keeps coming and it's like gradually getting more and more, um, it just starts to layer on itself. I basically found myself in tears. So that's, yeah, I think that's the best way I can describe it. Rachel, thank you so much for going through uh, so diligently with such dedication and uh, cariño, as Michael Winter would say, and looking through the <laughs> looking through all these songs. Um, do you know what I, I realised something? It, it explains a lot about the difference between you and me. When you were a teenager, lying on your bed listening to the Smiths, I was listening to <laughs> Michael Bolton, and I think that really, oh. I, I think maybe that's. <laughs> That's what I'm not joking either. How Michael nursed me through my broken parts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. 
Um, except yeah, he could Michael sing Bolton. about two octaves higher than I could, so I could never <laughs> join in. Um, I think he can sing two octaves higher than I can. I think he can. <laughs> <laughs> That's really wonderful, Rachel. Thank you so much. Um, we will look forward to having you back again in a few months for, for the Happy Songs Challenge. See you then. Yay! 12 Song Challenge. It's time to set a challenge for July. July is the month of holidays and sunshine and going to the seaside. So uh, we're going to make things easier for you. You get to spread the load this time in the co-writes challenge. (laughs) First question, Sam. Does co-writes, is it one word, two words or a hyphenated word? I would say hyphenated. Okay, let's go with it. Let's go. In the the hyphenated co-writes challenge, your challenge for this month is to co-write a song with somebody. I caught up with songwriter Paul Zark, um, prolific serial co-writer, and uh, talked to him about his songwriting. And we're going to play a clip now from that interview uh, just to get us started on this theme. I had a, on my notes here, I had these various questions. Then I had, right, here's the section to ask you about co-writing. Except well, yeah. actually what's happened is you've talked about co-writing the whole time because that's just really where your heart is. And it yeah. sounds like it's part of it's part of your creativity, but it's part of your connection to other people. It almost a sense like you'd be lost without those other people to connect with in the process. Yeah, definitely. I don't... I mean, even... I just get, I don't really enjoy writing by my, I mean, I write by myself so often because I just, you know, that's what I do for my job, but I don't know if I ever finish a song by myself, even if it's 90% done, um, I still want to send it to someone and and have, see what their take is on it, especially for writing church songs. These songs are supposed to be for a community to sing together. I hope that, um, that in the making of these songs, I mean, there's nothing wrong with writing by yourself. I think I do that all the time too, but I'm saying, I think, I hope that these songs have a, have community and friendship and relationship built into their DNA of, of what they are. And, you know, when I, when you have people like Kate Blewett or, or Keiko or Andy or whoever, you know, all these wonderful, why wouldn't I just get yeah. their take on it, you know? So... It's just, it's just so, I, I just am, con, you know, just yesterday I was looking at my friend Kate's lyrics and being like, man, I'm just like so grateful to have friends that are this talented yeah. that I can, um, I can write with someone as talented as her on a regular basis. It's just, it still blows my mind that I can do that. So Kate, Kate strikes but, me as a, like a hymn writing tap that someone switched on at some point and it just... It just doesn't stop. Day. It doesn't stop. It's amazing. Yeah. Do you so. um, prefer to be in the room together, or, or or is the dynamic different if you do it over distance? Presumably, there's a lot over distance, especially this last yeah. year. I mean, it's always better in person, but um, Zoom has been less awkward than you would think. I mean, I'm guessing you do some do do some Zoom sessions, um, co-writing. Mm. Um. It's much better for, like for me, I always have, you know, 50 ideas that that I could bring to the table at any time. So I hard, I rarely start a song over Zoom. I'll always just have something that I want to um, to have someone help, help finish. Um, but then 
you know, with with some someone like Kate, who's just such a great lyricist. All the other day, I wrote, I was trying to write a bunch of Holy Spirit songs, and I just I think I was like, I need the power of the Spirit to that All I had was, I need the power of the Spirit. So I just sent her a demo of, I need the power of the and that's all. And she, you know, wrote back a bunch of great lyrics and. So that sort of thing's fun. Once you find your um, connection with someone that you trust, you can send, you know, terrible demos with kids yelling in the background. And um, and then sometimes, yeah, I'm trying to think. A lot of times it's just I need help getting... You, it's easy to write an okay song. For, or for me, it's easy to write an okay song. But a lot of times I need someone else to come in and bring that other section that, like, takes it to a... To, to a great song, or at least a good song, you know. That was great. I have, uh, yes, as as usual, I've had the, the, the joy of listening to the whole thing before this rather than just that clip. But uh, I just, I love the way he talks about how the songs will be richer because of the sort of sense of community and the, the different people that, that you know, he, he seems very um, generous, I feel. Yeah. And really, really wants to co-write with people. I mean, you didn't hear the opening and closing where he's just like, like when are we co-writing? When is it? <laughs> when are we going to do this? That's like, that was the first thing he said to me. Was you and I have never co-written. <laughs> I'm probably one of four people left in the world. In the world, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. I loved it. So, so great to chat to him. Um, Sam, what's your experience of co-writing? Uh, yeah, I think it's always different. And I think that's people shouldn't get into an idea that it has to be one way. Mm. So if you do it with Geraldine and Carey, it'll be very much about jamming. They'll probably have some little tiny bit of bread that, you know, something someone read in their, in their Bible reading that morning. And then it'll be about a big improvisation and recording that and then listening back to that. Joel's looking very scared, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) But it'll be very sort of jamming like that. And then... Having taken that sort of jam, you might listen back to it or or say, what do we like out of that? And then it will grow from there. So it sort of starts from that place. Um, with other people, it's been... I mean, I, I probably you might have read this as well, that um, that song Living Hope, yeah. that's Phil Wickham and... Um, other Brian, guy from Brian Johnson? Brian Johnson. Yeah. Uh, apparently they wrote that basically over text. Like they were texting <laughs> forward and backwards lyrics and snippets of melodies. Yeah. For, um, you know, I guess they don't live next to each other. And, you know, so I guess it could be that way. Um, sometimes it's very much a, a distinction between a tune and a melody, isn't it? Yeah. So somebody's very much the tunesmith, somebody's very much the, the melody. So like a sort of Getty Townend sort of situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I, and I guess that, for me, the defining thing about a co-writer is because we collaborate a lot, don't we? Yeah. But I always think if you and I collaborate, we always have a sense of like, well, this is Joel's song. This yeah. is Sam's song. And so you can say anything you like and you can make as many suggestions and changes and all these ideas. And I do. Ultimately- oh, I do. And you do. <laughs> but ultimately, there's always that sense of like, oh, but it's my song or it's Joel's yeah. song. So with a co-write, you've got this really interesting dynamic that essentially you have to somewhere agree. Yeah. And you have to say, we're going to wrestle this through. And if we if we disagree on something, I can't just overrule you and say, well, no, Joel, 
that you know it's my song because if it is a co-write to me then there ought to be a sort of shared ownership yeah and there's a challenge there isn't there to the i always talk about the voice of a song i think a song needs to have Mm. a voice and if you write the whole thing yourself but you get input and help from other people you can still keep it within a voice whereas if it's completely shared you've got to find a shared voice for the song and and you might both have to it's i don't know uh Rhiannon does listen to this podcast quite sometimes. So, but one thing Rhiannon does is if she meets someone with a strong accent, she just gradually absorbs their accent during the course of the conversation. But, um, which is great fun. Um, but what that's what you've got to do, I think, in a co-write, is you've got to start talking to each other and gradually adapt your voices to each other until you find a common brummy stroke yeah. kiwi <laughs> hybrid <laughs> or whatever it might be um i i had never really done co-writing until a couple of years ago so th- it's worth saying isn't it we have an extremely collaborative form of of writing so i've never barely yeah. written a song that i've not run through with sam and with others mm. and really open it up to each other a bit like we do in the 12 song challenge um but actually co-writing um i really sort of started doing this a few years ago with Matt Weeks because mm. I think sometimes you just you find somebody where you think oh we both bring something different but this is going to be really complimentary so we've now done a few songs together and quite often the way it works is that I will say I want to write a song about something <laughs> and Matt will say oh I, I hummed this tune into my phone the other day have a listen to this and that works quite nicely. Then I get the tune and I think, okay, and, that, and I'll sit down and I'll interpret it a little bit and I'll try and write some lyrics around it. And often often I find such freedom in that because suddenly I'm like, okay, well, that's the structure. I've got to write into that. And I, I figure out what the song is about quite quickly. And normally as I write the lyrics, I do adapt the tune as well. As, and, mm. and then I'll go back to Matt and he will then adapt the tune again based on what I've done and say I like that line, don't like that line. So there's a kind of division of labour between music and lyrics, where yeah. he's mainly music and I'm mainly lyrics. And and we found a comfortable place where that works nicely, but where we've both got enough of the other to be able to also... It's, mm. it's not a complete separation. Mm. Um, and then normally goes back and forth a bit. And the other thing that, that Matt particularly does is just to find the he'll pick up his guitar and just start playing the same song that I sent him with a different feel. And it sounds like a completely different, it's the same tune. It's the same chords, mm, but a completely different mm. feel. And and it comes alive. I suppose as you say that, it makes me think that a co-write ought to start with a sort of small seed. Mm. I think you can't, if you are co-writing with someone this month and you write five very full worked on verses and send it to them, I mean, that could that could still be a co-write in the sense you could be saying, hey, could you give me a tune for this or could we work? But I, I wonder whether that sense of, oh, here's a, a thing I hummed into my phone, here's a snippet of a lyric, that's almost better because there's more of an open yeah. possibility with that, isn't there? Rather than, here's this thing that I've gone 90% with, could you help me earn the last? To me, that's not really a co-write anymore. No. That's a kind of, can you help me finish this off? Yeah, that's contribute a word, claim a third, isn't it? As they as they <laughs> say in the business. Yeah, um, yeah I think so. So I, I feel like for this challenge, we want to encourage you not to go completely down the hymn route of yeah. you write the music, you write the words, that's it. We want there to be... You know, even if you are mainly a words writer, get stuck in a bit on the tune 
um, mm. make suggestions, you know, and and the other way around. So there might be an obvious division between you, but we want a kind of cross pollination. Um, some people in the challenge are co-writing every month. There's a couple of um, at least a couple of married couples who are who who write together. So for you. You've got to bring someone else in. I think that's the yeah. thing. So, you know, make it a three or split off and, you know, whatever you want to do. I think to just back up what you were saying, Sam, about having you, you bring some seeds, but you've got to bring something. It's very unusual, I think, that you set up a, you know, a Zoom meeting or whatever it might be. And you both arrive with a blank page and something mm. actually comes out. You've got to you've got to bring a few things, I think, a few yeah. ideas, a few snippets, bounce them off each other, see what grabs both of you. Um, and I think it's really important to say that different personalities work differently. I'm I'm an introvert and a reflector. I can't really think in the course of a conversation very well. Mm. So I tend to need to have this thing, conversation, this interaction, but then... I go away and work on it and then come yeah. back with my ideas. Now, other yeah. people are quite the opposite. They mm. can't think, work on it on their own. They need to be in the midst of the conversation in order to figure out what they think and so on. So yeah. you're going to find some different dynamics going on there, I think. And so you're going to need stages in it mm. rather than it's a one-off and here it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a sort of there's waves, isn't there, between... At some points, you may need to zoom because it's important to look one another in the eye and say, "Do you really like this, or yeah. does this really work?" And then others, you're going to back off and say, "Well, let's just do this over email for a few days or over a forum or something." And then maybe when you come back towards finishing it off, maybe you need to zoom again to kind of, okay, let's look again, look one another in the eye and and kind of really trying to nail this down. But if you try and do I think just one method, if it is all Zoom, mm. that's probably going to be too intense. Possibly if it's all just messaging backwards and forwards, that might become frustrating because you don't have that kind of connection. So yeah, maybe do a bit of mix. Yeah. And uh, one of the things Paul said was that he doesn't want to write with people like him all the time. He, he mm. mostly prefers to write with people who are different for in, yeah. in some way or another. So maybe look for someone different to write with. So some of you will be thinking, great, I know exactly who I want to co-write. And it's with, and it's fine if they are in the challenge or outside the challenge. Don't really mind. Um, I don't even mind if they're a songwriter. You know, it could be you want to co-write mm. with, with someone and you just get in a room with them and dig into their brain a bit and, and see yeah. what's going on. But you've got to involve them in the whole process rather than you then write their song. Um, but for others... Uh, you may be thinking, well, who am I going to write with? So if you're in that boat, or if you just fancy a bit of potluck, then um, <laughs> we'll send out an email um, with the podcast, um, and I will ask, would you like me to pair you up with somebody? And if you would, then I will. And I'll just do it based on people who are in the challenge. And I'd be really happy to do that. Um, and please try and respond to that really quickly, because I can't pair you up if I if I don't know... Um, so, there we are. Nice. Sam? Yes? Should we try and do a co-write together? You had me at hello. <laughs> you didn't say hello, but I just I felt that that was a romantic moment that and I just wanted a, to add to that the... That was just such a lovely thing. Add, uh, yes, yes, Joel. We've, think... never, we've, we've never really uh, taken that step together. 
No, no, no. It's a bit like this is. I'm not sure I'm ready to make that commitment. It's very weird. Isn't it? um, do are you? Do you think it'll be okay? I mean, we've been good friends know. for a long time, but this might jeopardise it. I don't, don't know. I think we have to take a risk. I think we do. It's okay if it doesn't work out. Okay, let's do this. Let's and also like there's a bunch of stuff I always say in songs, and there's a bunch of stuff you always say in songs. Let's oh, let's try it. and clear that out. Um, I don't know. Anyway, people don't need to listen into this section. <laughs> We're going to do this. We're going to yes. co-write. Co-write. Yes. Well, that's all we've got for this month. Do come and join us at the Computer Recording Workshop on the 7th. There's details of that on the 12 Song Challenge page. And um, all that remains, I think, is to play a featured song. So why don't we feature... Uh, the song from Doxicology by Paul Zuck and Andy Zip. Let all creation sing. Let all creation sing before the Lord And every nation of the earth rejoice Let all the trees lift a shout of joy For the Lord is King Let the deep waters of the sea resound let every mountain, every hill sing out Let all the fields make a joyful sound For the Lord is King Mighty river, barren desert Howling wind and stormy weather Every canyon, every valley Sing a praise and give Him glory Nature proclaims Shining hallelujah Nature proclaims